The Conservative Party with a fairly substantial announcement. They will elect their new leader in August, August 21st, and they're going to do it through mail-in ballot. Of course, that means that there will be no debates, no campaign events, no big uh, convention during this time of a social isolation and a virtual, uh, I mean, we're all meeting virtually now uh, over Zoom, but we've seen this, of course, this week in Ottawa with virtual parliament, Toronto City Hall, Toronto City Council meeting virtually today. So this shift in uh, democracy and civic engagement, is this something we're going to see suffer or is this something that uh, might uh, blossom due to technology? man who has written extensively on democracy and participation is Dave Meslin. He's an author, activist, and community organizer, and he joins us now here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Dave, good afternoon. Nice to talk to you once again. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on the show. All right. First off, uh, are the conservatives here, are they kind of making the best of the hand that they've been dealt? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, in terms of debates, they could still host debates online. Most of us, if there's a leadership debate. We're not in the room anyways. We're watching it on television. doesn't really matter if the candidates are in the same room. So I, I think that part's fine. In terms of the mail-in ballots, you know, the media is making a big deal out of this, but their last leadership race was done almost entirely with mail-in ballots. It's actually nothing new at all. So yes, when Andrew Scheer was elected leader um, at the convention in Toronto a few years ago, they had a convention. There were 2,000 people there. But 126,000 mail-in ballots have already been sent in. I mean, the race was essentially already over. The conventions for years have just been kind of a show for the TV cameras. When the parties switch to one member, one vote, you can't fit all your membership in a room. They've been allowing members to vote online, by phone, or by mail-in ballot for almost 10 years. Yeah, last I checked, though, David, is a 2020, and I'm just uh, wondering about these uh, mail-in ballots. Uh, are they risky? Could somebody easily tamper with votes? Could there be vote tampering? And would Internet voting not be a little more secure? Yeah, I mean, that's another funny thing, too. You know, people are, are, are talking about mail-in ballots as if it's some kind of new technology. I mean, it's ancient. It's, it, it, it's, it's prehistoric. It shouldn't take a crisis like COVID for us to open up a discussion about how we run our elections, our city elections, our provincial elections, our leadership races. We tend to focus on who's running and who's going to win instead of taking a step back and saying, why are we doing this the same way we've been doing it for 150 years? So online voting is definitely one of the directions we should be looking at for all elections. So someone like you or me, it probably doesn't seem that strange in our in our in our age to line up for something because when we grew up you lined up for everything you lined up to get your bank book stamped to deposit a check to rent a video from the video store but for kids growing up now where they access everything on their phone and the idea of a video store at all <laughs> must seem crazy to them watching people line up on election day to insert a paper ballot into a box must seem like just some kind of big inside joke. Um, they, they're probably all laughing. It just it, there's nothing else that we line up for anymore that involves pieces of paper. So yeah, you know, should, Dave, you're you're really aging me with the video store. I, I was the guy that not only lined up, but I was also the guy that hung out near the return bin to see if one of the hot new releases had uh, been returned. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So, I mean, this changes. And I don't know about you, but I deposit my checks now through my phone. I do I do all my banking online. 
if we can create secure processes for that, when I deposit a check, I don't worry if someone's going to intercept that check and steal it. Yeah, I just know it's going to work. Um, there is no doubt that we can create safe processes for online voting. It's, it's more complicated because you want to make sure that the records are all anonymous yet verifiable, but that there are ways to do that. So, of course, parties and governments should be allowing us to vote in person if you want, if you want to make sure it's safe, or by mail, or by phone, or by online. There should be three or four different ways. If I want to listen to AM640, I can do it on the web, I can do it on the radio, I can do it through an app. Whenever you're trying to maximize participation, you want to offer as many options as possible. Yeah, Dave, I'm also wondering whether or not no convention in a mail-in ballot system, does that favor any type of candidate over another? I mean, would somebody with significant name recognition not have a real leg up here? Well, keep in mind, again, the conventions have all been smoke and mirrors for years. All the ballots are mostly in and already counted before the so-called conventions even start. So the real advantage you have in any leadership race in Canada is that they use a runoff system where you actually need to get a majority of the vote. And that's whether it's a mail-in ballot or an online vote or in person. But if no one gets 50% on the first round, they have a second round and a third round and a fourth round. And that, as you said, gives a huge advantage to lesser-known candidates who might be people's second choice. In fact, Andrew Scheer himself um, was in second place. Uh, on every single round until the final round when he was, he got enough second choices to beat uh, Maxime Bernier. So I don't think the convention or no convention has a big impact on that, but it's great that all the parties are sticking with that system where voters get to rank their choices in order. And as you know from my book and other interviews I've done with you, I wait for the day where you and I can cast a ballot in a federal, provincial, or city election where we can rank our choices. Right. I, I was wondering specifically about debates, because that's where I think a newcomer could really uh, shine if they could show up, maybe uh, somebody with a lot of brand recognition or name recognition and really show themselves in a different light to the party faithful. And that's pretty tough to do in a virtual setting, even if they had a virtual debate on Zoom. I think, Dave, over the last a month or so, anyone who's participated in a Zoom meeting knows it's not quite the same thing as being face to face with somebody. No, for sure. But keep in mind, if you the, the, the Zoom meetings that you're talking about are when you're trying to get 10 people talking to each other or, or even five or four. Um, but in terms of having a public, a publicly broadcasted debate where the goal isn't to have 50,000 people chatting with each other on Zoom, but to have them watching four or five candidates, I think that would work well. And one of the things we're seeing with the virtual uh, legislatures, whether it's it's Ottawa or city council, everyone's behaving a little bit nicer. <laughs> it's it's harder to heckle and attack people uh, when you're not in the same room. I think there's something about the face-to-face um, childlike behavior that happens in the House of Commons because for some reason our MPs revert revert back to their childhood days of being in a schoolyard. And they attack each other in kind of groups and and clusters, a bit of a mob mentality. And we're not seeing that happen as much with with the uh, uh, online replacement that they're doing with legislatures right now. So what we might see is actually more civility. I think people right now have more free time than they've ever had, of course. 
And if and when the federal conservatives and keep in mind, the federal Greens are, all, are also having a leadership race, which uh, former Winnipeg Mayor Glenn Murray joined yesterday, both of those parties will host online debates. And I think they'll have higher amounts of viewing than we've ever seen. Usually these uh, debates are on television, and I think only the very hyper-engaged types of political geeks like myself tune in. Um, I think that tons of people will tune in and they'll have higher participation than they did in the last round. Yeah, just finally, Dave, so do you think that this is good for democracy and good for an engaged citizenry then? I mean, we made note of what you just said uh, when we were watching this kind of online earlier this week. You're right, there was more civility when the MPs weren't in the House, when they had to interact uh, virtually or online. So if we see more civil discourse in an easier way, a high-tech way of people being able to see their politicians at work and see democracy in action, do you think that this is actually going to be a positive for democracy overall? Yeah, I, th- I, I think it is, Jeff, because what this is reminding us is that we can change the rules of democracy. We can innovate. We can experiment. And I think it's sad that it's taking a crisis like COVID for parties and governments to have to start rethinking the rules of the game But what we're being reminded is that we can increase civility. We can increase accessibility. We can increase participation by experimenting and trying new things. And that's something we we would all benefit from seeing a lot more of. It's always a good and civil conversation with Dave Meslin. Uh, Dave, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thanks, Jeff. Take care and stay safe.